Did you take her dear form in your tender embrace? Did you stoop low and kiss her beautiful face? Did you sing lullabies down in the deep while the billowy waves rocked the loved ones to sleep? As Jim Wilcox sat in a jail in the town of Elizabeth City, Nell's body was released to her family. Over 200 family members awaited her arrival at the Van Pelt Manor in Brooklyn, deep blank with heavy white curtains. The hearse traveled across the North River to the Pennsylvania Terminal. Once the hearse was at the terminal, it would await the arrival of the Southern Express to take Nell to her final resting place, back home, back with her family. As we travel back to Elizabeth City, back to the jail, Jim was cautious. He was once again interviewed by the police, similarly telling the same story of how the night began, and at the end, leaving her on the porch, crying after returning her pictures and parasols. Mr. Aidlett, Jim's attorney, spoke with him. You know the serious charge that has been made against you. Now tell whether you are guilty or not. Jim answered, I am not. His attorney asked him if he was afraid of being lynched, but Jim did not speak. Mr. Aidlett left the jail and spoke with reporters, telling the reporters that Jim had told him no more than anyone else. He still swears he did nothing to harm Nell and isn't afraid of a mob. When the county solicitor, Mr. Ward, came to visit Jim, he told him the photographs he spoke about were not located on the porch or in Nell's dress. Jim was quick to reply to that. I certainly gave them to her. One was about the size of a nickel, and I had worn it in a watch charm. The other was the size of a quarter of a dollar, and was worn on my watch. I do not know why they were not found. While most believe Jim killed Nell, some appeared to be more cautious. The evidence against Jim was weak, circumstantial at best. According to the time frame Jim had given, he would have been halfway home when Nell was taken. So was it someone else acting alone, or did Jim have an accomplice? The grand jury planned to meet on March 10th, And on the 11th, Jim was indicted for the murder of Nell. Now in these times, the courts didn't wait weeks or months to try someone for murder. It all happened within days. Jim's trial would start on March 12th at 2 p.m. People arrived from all over to watch the trial, but an hour before the doors were supposed to open, the sheriff had closed them due to the crowds. Jim didn't seem to be nervous, according to his jailer. Maybe he was hiding it. Perhaps since he knew he didn't do anything, he felt he had nothing to worry about. The first few days, nothing was said implicating Jim and Nell's murder. Ollie and Nell's cousin testified and said Jim left the house by 11, but a witness would change all of that. Leonard Owens was called to the stand and testified that he saw Jim near the Cropsey house a quarter to twelve. So, Ollie and Carrie saw him leave the house at eleven, but Owen saw him outside the house around twelve. The longest murder trial in Pascatank County at the time was four days. So far, 
Jim's trial was going on day six. Medical examiners were called to the stand and asked how Nell was so well-preserved if she had been dead for 37 days. They testified about the cold and the juniper in the lake, which had preservation qualities that would almost halt decomposition. The trial lasted for over two weeks, and on March 23rd, the jury returned the verdict and handed it over to the judge. Guilty of first-degree murder, and the sentencing? Death by hanging, to take place on April 25th, between 10 and 3 o'clock. As Jim was escorted to his cell, he spoke to a reporter. Yes, I expected the verdict, though most people thought it would be in the second degree. I was prepared for the worst, and as I stood there and heard the court's sentence of death, I was not surprised. I know the feelings against me. It may be for the best. Perhaps I should have fared worse had the jury's verdict been lighter. But I do not expect to hang. There are enough things about this trial to give me a new hearing. The fact that so many people left the building when my plea was closed and thereby meant to influence the jury is one ground on which I should have a new trial. And come April, the month Jim would hang, he received a respite. He was granted an appeal to be reviewed by the Supreme Court. The appeal would take months, August to be exact, and the Supreme Court stated they would schedule a date to hear the arguments. The months passed and the nerves got to Jim. His jailer, Mr. Newburn, who once thought of Jim as a friend, became a victim of Jim's outbursts. After completing one of Jim's requests, for some matches, Jim attacked him through the bars of his cell. A shocked Newburn asked Jim why, but with rage in his eyes, Jim stated he wishes he could have done worse to him. But why would Jim act so aggressively? Did he realize he was on borrowed time, driving him to insanity? The Supreme Court was due to come back with their decision any day now, and it must have been getting to Jim, but no one knew the actual reason behind his insanity. The date has been set as August 26th, when Jim's case was argued in front of the Supreme Court. The main factor that was debated was the actions of the townspeople, both in and out of the court. The following was a quote from the affidavit. That his affiant, T.P. Wilcox, was present in the office E.F. Adelant when two of the jurors were in the office, and one of them made the following affidavit. Being duly sworn, says that he is one of the jurors, who tried the defendant Wilcox, that he saw the demonstration in the courthouse on Thursday, and he, with the other jurors, had knowledge of the purpose of the demonstrations, which showed the feeling of the public against the defendant, and that he would not have consented to a verdict of murder in the first degree had it not been for the feeling and demonstration of the public. This affiant further affirms that he was of the opinion that if the jury did not return a verdict of the first degree that night, the prisoner would be killed. Well, the appeal was finished, but no one knew when the decision would be rendered. It could be days, weeks, or even months. But 36 days later, the Supreme Court had its ruling. Jim won his appeal and was going to get a new trial. It would appear that they weren't too happy with the people of Elizabeth City either. No such demonstrations were ever witnessed in our state before, stated in the Supreme Court opinion. 
people leaving the courtroom in droves, ringing fire alarms, while the Supreme Court believes these actions did not sway the jury ruling, they thought the court did not correctly conduct itself. Which, they're right. Even if there was a mountain of evidence proving his guilt or innocence, this would be enough to cause a mistrial. This is why today, if you watch a court proceeding, the judge always states at the beginning about the conduct of the people in the courtroom. It's not only to make sure things go smoothly, but to prevent any type of mistrial. The date of the new trial would be held November 17th, but would it be the same outcome or would a different decision be reached 